This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to She Speaks Bravo. I'm Emily. Today is Southern Charm Day. And I loved this episode. I feel like we are back to that fancy trash that Southern Charm stands for. If you are not already subscribed, please consider subscribing. I'm covering Southern Charm, Beverly Hills, and Atlanta. And I will soon be covering Potomac and Salt Lake City as well. And if you are already subscribed, couldn't love you more. And I love having you here. So let's get into the episode after the intro. My name is Emily, and I have been watching Bravo TV as a form of self-care for over a decade. Needless to say, I'm a complete mess. Subscribe and follow along for painfully insightful recaps about Bravo, true crime, and other great TV. I don't normally veer off topic before getting into the recap, but I am on such a kick with Hollywood medium, Tyler Henry, that I have to talk about it for at least at least a minute. And I, okay, so if you're new here, you don't know this, but I am so gullible. So I'm aware that I, I like, I will, it's so easy to get me. Like even a bad one, well, maybe not a bad medium, but I will sit through many a readings and be like, what? Wow. And then someone will burst my bubble later and be like, you know, they could have Googled all that. I'm like, oh, really? Um, But this guy is the real deal. And I know that I'm late to the game. So there's got to be a bunch of you listening going, duh, where have you been? He's amazing. The show is on. It's an E network show, but they are streaming season. I don't know how many seasons there are, but seasons one through four are on the Bravo streaming them. Um, But he had a Netflix special where it follows him around specifically. Uh, He does readings, but it's also about his mom. His mom has quite a story and you get to see him in like his personal life, which is jarring because as you can imagine, he's odd um but sweet as pie but odd i mean so i actually watched that 
first before I watched. See, the sh- a show being called Hollywood Medium is not going to lure me in. That's going to I'm like, OK, that just sounds and with a bunch of celebrities getting read like I'm like, I it's just not going to pull me in. It seems I know you think you would think with all of those factors, it would sound like something I would want to watch, considering I love reality television. But it just, I just tuned it out. I did. But it is outstanding. And all Bravo liberties are on it. We got the DeBros, Tom Sandoval, Jax Taylor, Stassi, Kristen. Um, and for the Chrisleys are on it. Um, Brandy Glanville. I think Lisa Vanderpump's coming up. I haven't seen that episode yet. They it's incredible. He is legit. He gets a ton of people who like I'm sure they're agents like these like Jaleel White, you know, Urkel. I think that's his name. Jesus. Um, He's super skeptical. He's probably the most skeptical. And in his episode, even when Tyler starts tapping into someone that is absolutely someone Jaleel knows, he's pretending he doesn't. He's like, I don't know that. I don't I don't know anyone. That would be that person. Mm-mm, don't know them. And eventually Tyler just starts knowing details that no one else would know but this person. I mean, Tyler taps into details that people are like, I haven't even told one other person that. Like, not because they're so intimate. And there's the, I think the most like impactful one was Wendy Malik, the, blonde comedy actor who was in bridesmaids and she was from Reno 911. She does. So all of them for the most, all, no, I'm, I'm serious. All of them, the people, anyone getting read, they usually have someone in the other room. So it's usually just Tyler and one person, but they have like other people watching from another room from a monitor. And sometimes when Tyler's getting a reading, he's picking up, he's getting a message from someone related to the people who are in the other room. Um, regardless though, he'll get a reading and sometimes it's about the person's mom who isn't there, but then they can like call them and be like, mom, did you know someone named so-and-so? And they're like, yes, I actually did. And the person that's sitting across from Tyler's like, I didn't even know that person. Like it, it's that crazy. But always the person being read will say something at the end, like, oh, my God, my mom's going to be so relieved to know this or my dad's going to love this news. Wendy's reading was about an uncle who had died and there was just mystery around this death and no one really talked about his death. And Tyler's getting this this reading and starts pulling putting pieces together and Wendy's trying, like, she's like, mm-hmm, okay, she's listening. And he's, and she, this is the first one that I've seen where Tyler goes, you know, when they get, when they're doing this certain motion to me, it usually symbolizes that they, they did, that it was their fault that they died, meaning they killed themselves. Or when they do this to me, it means that it wasn't my fault. It was like an accident. And Tyler says he's doing this, which means it was his fault. Like, unfortunately, he did kill himself. And Wendy goes, okay, yeah, that, that answers a big question. And then he start, keeps reading, keeps reading. And he's like something with his love life, something like not being accepted and didn't want to bring shame to the family, a lot of shame to the family. And so she, Wendy goes, okay, okay. And basically Tyler goes, I think we're kind of filling in the blanks here. And so she figures out gay, 
he was gay. And Wendy says, okay, in my family, the word gay has never been used. They've never talked about the fact that he killed himself. It was kind of like an accident. We've so much so that they've never really talked about it. And someone who'd been dating someone in her family didn't even know she had a brother. Like one of her like aunts or something was dating someone like, I didn't know you had a brother that died because they just don't talk about it. So she finds out that her uncle killed himself because he was gay and he didn't want to bring shame to the family. And when Wendy does her like follow up interview at the end, like, wow, that was incredible. She says, my family's not going to be happy. I got this reading. So that's what's crazy. The reason why that shocks me so much is that like her own family didn't want her to do this. So she went to Tyler and said, you tap into it and you find out from that dead guy what happened. And you tell me you have him tell me what happened. And now she can be like, guess what, motherfuckers? Remember that uncle that you want to pretend we don't know what happened? To well, I know. Oh, my God. I just this guy is it's I have just been I so I have to have something on when I'm working. And so I've just had that on in the background. I've missed a lot of like really cool moments, but every episode is mind blowing. And it's just really comforting to know that like when my granddaddy died years ago, I would feel things were like him communicating with me. And I didn't know if that was just me making it up in my head. But now I know like, oh, he totally was. He was such a jokester. And so even to this day, I'll feel like silly things he he does. And I'm like, he's such a jokester. So they're always like with us. I do have some follow up questions, though, because I really, really like believing in reincarnation. So does this mean we're like stuck in this soul forever? Because I would really like to move on and do some cool stuff. I would really like to be reincarnated and like do some other cool shit. Like, does this soul, like does part of this soul, like kind of stay here? And then it's like, all right, the rest, I'm going to go do some other cool things too, you know? Okay. Wow. That was, that is by far the longest tangent I've ever done before going into an episode. Although maybe my Taco Bell tangent was pretty long. All right. Into the episode we go guys. Southern charm. All breast glitters is not gold. Okay. All right. Instead of all that glitters is not gold. Okay. 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 Fine. Points for wordplay and originality, I guess. All breast glitters is not gold. All right. Fine. Fine. At the start of this episode, Naomi's voiceover is worse than ever. I mean, they gave her they gave her too much. I think she can't pull off really. Cameron could pull off a lot of cheesy stuff. Naomi cannot. It was like, yep, Shep's dog got married before him. Actually, that was too much. That was too much excitement. It was more like this. Yep, Shep's dog got married before he did. Actually, I'm not doing it, but it was bad. It was very, very bad. Um, and so they're doing the thing where they like bop around and check in on people. And even in this one little tiny check in, Caleb manages to be mean to Catherine. He points out a stain on her pants and she's like, why do you got to call me out? And he goes, because you can't keep nothing clean. Fuck, Caleb. 
What's your problem? All right. So Paige, you know, she's packing up, getting ready to go back to New York. And she's like, all these boots I didn't wear. I can't get my suitcase closed because you guys don't have seasons. And I'm like, but didn't you show up to that dog wedding in a spaghetti strap mini dress? So. What? And so Paige asks, will Naomi be at this group trip? And obviously she will be. And she says, look, I trust you. It's her that I don't trust. Okay. You know, if you're at this overnight fun trip and she pulls you aside to have like a one-on-one conversation, I think that's inappropriate. Paige has a very, um, I recognize the like way she talks and the way she, she's, she's trying to make herself sound, because I can kind of do this, I think. She's trying to make herself sound like really casual and cool about things, but she's not. And I don't blame her. Um, Like when you, these people are all, every single one of these people are so hot. Like this is a circle of friends of the hottest human beings I've ever seen. Craig, Shep, Austin, Naomi, Taylor, Olivia, Leva, like they are all gorgeous. So I have no idea what it is like to exist in a world where every human being that hangs out together is gorgeous. You know, like I got some decent looking friends, but come on now. They're all tall. They're all thin. They're all gorgeous. So Craig, Craig, I'm sure, explained the conversation that Naomi had with him in that you know, when he pulled, when she pulled him aside, I'm sure the conversation was like, yeah, she was trying to ask me like, is, is, you know, Paige controlling you? Like Matul was controlling me. You know, that was the dialogue, which it did kind of sound like what she was saying, you know, it because he kept cutting her off. And to be fair, if I was Craig and my, um, critical thinking skills were at what Craig's are I think I would have put I think I would have thought that too because she said when I was in your position and he's like wait a minute she was trying to say that Paige was like Matul and controlling and so he thinks that that's so he relayed that to Paige and so there's Paige thinking so I'm at a party with you we're in a group setting and she pulls you aside while I'm standing there to ask you if I'm controlling I would want to cut a bitch too. Okay. That like, so I'm just trying to put myself in Paige's position because I'm fair. Right. I'm fair. So I don't blame Paige for being this. Like she's like, that was a calculating move on her part. And then she says to pull you aside at an event that I'm at Craig. Craig says, oh, trust me. Everyone sees it. I don't know if that's true, Craigie boy. And so, so Paige is he, the fact that she even has the balls to do that. She even had the nerve to be like, come here for a second is crazy to me. You like finding girls who like to linger. Like if we ever break up, you would never see me again. 
It's kind of fun doing Paige's voice. I'm like, I'm, I, I don't consider myself someone who does impressions. I just like can't help but tr- I like wanted to try it. I wanted to try to be, I wanted to try to be Paige. Okay, they cut over to Naomi's house. And you guys, I had a discovery this episode that I can't believe it took years to realize. There is an E at the, the end of Naomi's name. I truly did not realize that until this episode. And I'm like, did they just add that in this? They can't have just been added in this episode. But I have seen it so many times. And have never added, I started adding it in my notes, but I've written it in on Instagram a thousand times. No one's corrected me. Have we all not noticed? Okay, glad, I'm glad I now know. Um, so Naomi, I I love a good hangover like this. I love witnessing someone because I hate when people like Pia, Pia never gets hungover. And that she says whenever she says that to me, I'm like, you just just that just that's inappropriate and rude. So I love seeing Naomi. She is she can't even get up and love is ringing the doorbell. And I mean, that is rude. Leva just open the damn door and she keeps ringing it and ringing it. And Naomi cannot. And so she like gets gets Leva her co- Leva. Leva just needs coffee. And at this point, I want to tell Naomi, like, just have a cocktail. You need a hair of the dog. When you're that hungover, just have a cocktail and have a cocktail. Have maybe like a little muffin, three Advil, smoke some weed and go back to bed. I oh God, I do not miss drinking when I see hangovers like this. Um, but so just coincidentally, Austin calls Leva to do a little gossip sesh and be like, okay, I'm doing that thing where you're piecing together details and see did i not did i not say that he was so drunk at that dog wedding when he was telling Shep, he's like i think i'm gonna hang out with sierra tonight i wouldn't be surprised if at that point he kind of doesn't remember how things went like i wouldn't be surprised if from there's a certain part of the dog wedding that he starts to trail off in his memory like when he wakes up he's like now hold on last thing i fully remember is talking to Madison. And then the next thing I know, something about Sierra and then it all, it all trails off. He, he probably remembers talking to Leva. This is my guess. He probably remembers talking to Leva. Cause she's like, are you okay? And then there's some mention of Sierra being in town. So he's calling Leva. Like, did we talk? But it just happens to be that Leva's over at Naomi's. And so he's like, we're he's like piecing things together. And then Naomi drops this amazing bomb that she kissed Whitney. Now, you know, this bitch is hung over when what she's saying she did the night before is I kissed Whitney. <laughs> that is totally a drunk thing to do now here. I want to remind everyone, Naomi grew up here in Charleston. So she's been knowing this whole group of people longer than Craig has known these people. So it's not that this isn't like I know people are going to be like, bro code, bro code. But this is more even like her friends than Craig's friends. And I'm not this is not to say like it's a competition. I'm just saying it's not to me. It's not a betrayal in any way. It's just kind of the unfortunate part of being in Charleston. It reminds me of high school because I went to an all girls school and 
we, you know, you made friends with the all boys schools. So you ended up having these like very like sorority fraternity type of feeling where those are the St. Francis boys. Those were the, the Loyola boys. We were the Immaculate Heart girls. Those were the Sacred Heart girls. And then we all became like this. There was a certain crew of people that all partied together. And so you were friends for years and I was dating this guy, Jose. And then when Jose and I broke up, like it was awkward, but I started hooking up and dating this guy, Mike. And Mike had to explain to Jose, well, like I've been knowing Emily for years, even before you guys started dating. It was kind of the same sort of thing because that was high school though. So like, I don't connect to that now, but that's what they live in, in Charleston. So, but it's Whitney and so random, but like, you wouldn't you be drunk enough? Okay. So whatever they kiss and she's not upset about it, but now it's like, this is such a fun thing to do when you're hungover to like commiserate about your drunken escapades. Cause first Austin confessed that he hung out with Sierra. Um, and we can put that together. Now, here's the problem, though. Paige set that up. Paige was like, hey, feeling a little desperate? My friend is here. She's all yours. Ooh, that's not the move. That is not the move. It's just not. So she hooks her friend up for, I mean, and I've been Sierra you that right now i'm not judging sierra whatsoever you're just hung up on this guy um and you're the you're the girl hoping but you're so that side chick you're so that chick um so anyway naomi's like all right you think that's bad but no she liked it and it just keeps building on itself she's like well he spent the night and like Leva's response is just classic. It's just classic. Um, and Whitney said, we need to breed. Mom would love it. And that, that says a lot. Those, just the, those two sentences say a lot. And Leva goes, well, now I'm really excited about the group trip. And Austin, Austin's an idiot, but you know, from a distance. All right. So it's time for the trip and everyone is boarding the bus. And my God, when Olivia gets on, why is it so awkward? Does she even say hi? I don't think she even says hi to him. Um, Craig gets on the bus and says, party's here. <laughs> uh, Naomi does say hi to Craig. And then we get like, we get both their confessionals and Craig is like, I just because she's hanging out with my friends doesn't mean like, like I'm going to still hang out. Okay. Like I know my boundaries All right, she st stay over there. No, talk to me. Um, and she, again, this is also her group of friends. She has known these people forever. And when, when Craig and Naomi broke up, she can, she hung out with Shep and Austin and th these this is a mutual friend group. I know it's tough and hard to understand. I don't understand it from an adult standpoint, but this is what it is. Uh, and Naomi says in her confessional, she's like, look, I mean, I know how to be cordial and just keep a distance. It's fine. 
But meanwhile, at Catherine and Caleb's apartment, <laughs> God, they're packing and it's like they're packing. And now they decide it's a good time to just let's just be friends and break up. And in her confessional, she's like, I regret getting back together with Caleb because it was a weak move. All right, queen, whatever. Okay. This was all so weird. Like they literally have their stuff out to pack and get ready. But okay. And it's just so Catherine, right? Like they're waiting for her. And then she sends Craig a text like, we're not coming. I'm like, all right, let's bounce. And they just move on. So, okay. Uh, Austin, he has the balls to ask Olivia about. He's like, how was your date? And she goes, were you jealous? He goes, a little bit. You know, I was on the altar with my ex. And she's she's good. She goes, and that's why I had a date. And Craig says something that is true. You will never hear Madison say sorry. She's just like, what? I'm just calling him a pussy. This is true. Like, this is something that drives me crazy with Madison is that she will never admit that she was toxic in that relationship. It's just that Austin was toxic. And that's frustrating for me because you know how much I love accountability. And I just wish she'd admit that, like, they were both toxic. She was very mean to him. And she it he didn't just cheat on her. Like, they had, like, a on and off thing. And she was going and having tons of fun. I know all sorts of stuff. So. And Naomi says, if I was her fiance and I heard my girl like still taunting her ex, I would be like. And then Austin says to Vanita, and I hope you're not texting Madison everything that we're saying. And Vanita's like, nope. And he's like, good. I hope not. And she goes, want to see it? And Austin's all nope, because I don't roll that way. um okay so they arrive and when you see like whitney and naomi hug you're like oh weird the house is cool super super cool um the way austin describes it though is true it's like it's perfect for whitney 70s porn house um, the sleeping arrangements. Why is Olivia with Shep and Taylor? Like, get the hell out of here. Give Olivia her own room. Naomi gets to pick. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. But Austin die. Austin's like, I'm trying so hard not to look at Leva. A secret like this, 24 hours. I did already tell Shep and ta- uh Shep and Taylor. All right, fine. 12 hours. 12 hours. Oh, my God, that is I mean. There is a lizard in Olivia Shep and Taylor's room and Shep doesn't even Shep's like, you know, I don't do I don't do lizards. Get it, Taylor. Hands her a cup. Useless, fucking useless. Uh, <laughs> they're, they all have like gift bags, like gift bags, you know, accoutrements. And they're opening their bags and Craig eats the nuts and he goes, Austin, try the nuts. Cause they're like through, they can like touch hands through the walls. 
Then they got this lunch spread made by Randy, the butler who's there. Who's taking care of Patricia, though? I must know. So they make some sandwiches. It looks delish. And Olivia sits with Craig. And now see, here's where it gets interesting between these two. So Olivia makes some a point to be like, so it seems like you and Naomi got it kind of worked out and clearly doesn't listen when Craig's like, oh, kind of. She's like, well, because, you know, he claims to not be able to even stay in the same room as Madison, but there he is in a corner with her at the dog wedding. Meaning, so she's on her date, right? So she's on her date at the dog wedding doing the like, I'm going to make Austin jealous dance. And then she looks over and sees them talking. And even though they are fighting, even just them being near each other is threatening to her because she's jealous because she wants his attention. All right. This is this was my first flag. I'm like, uh oh, we'll get to, we'll get further into it at the end when we see the trailer for net. Well, we'll not we'll, we'll get to it. OK, not yet. ATVs and horseback riding is first. And how is Olivia so bad at horseback riding? I listen, I've never actually ridden a horse, so I don't I don't know. It just felt like whatever instructions they were giving her, she was she wasn't holding the reins at all. Like they were like, pull on the right. She's like, I swear I am. I'm like, I actually don't think you are. You have no, no, what's the, like, you're not taught at all on the, it's so bad. All right. So the girls are done with the horseback riding though. And then they talk and Taylor, A for effort on trying to get Naomi. She stares right at Naomi and says, any new love interests in your life? And she doesn't break. She stares right at her. She gives her straight stare. I would have, I was dying just watching it on the television. And Naomi giggles and says, no, Taylor doesn't break. She just waits patiently, just doesn't break a stare. Impressive. Um, And Olivia just, I would have had to say something too, because I'm like, this is uncomfortable. Uh, Olivia's like, oh, yeah, I asked Naomi how it is uh, dating in Charleston. And she says, horrible. <laughs> and so I, Naomi, clearly uncomfortable. She said, yeah, you know. Then she's like, how was your date to the wedding? And Olivia's like, it's good. It was good. And she's like, well, you know, yeah. I, um, How do you feel about Austin meeting up with Sierra? Jesus. Okay. And I was like, girl, isn't he holding on to a secret of yours? Okay, girl, not too smart. And this is when I realized this was the moment I went, "Uh oh, Olivia didn't know what she was getting herself into. Here we go. So. Olivia does a little bit of like roundabout logic here. She says, how do you hang with someone that you have history with. And I want to date with someone who I didn't have any history with. I'm like, nope. Mm-mm. Olivia has clearly played a game like bring a date to make the new guy jealous trick before. She's played that before. But she underestimated Austin. Now, you see, I have quite a lot of experience roping in super toxic men that have major fears of commitment. And I can absolutely teach someone the tricks if they find themselves pining over 
some asshole who doesn't want to commit and maybe is hung up on someone else and whatever. I, I got, I got skills for days, but let me tell you what that's going to be like. Terrible, horrible. And all you win at the end of it is a bad relationship. So I could teach her how to get Austin. I could, I could show her the ropes, but do you really want it? If you got to work that hard, because you've got to know that if you're going to bring a date in front of Austin, he's going to go do something super toxic, like call Sierra. So it was in this moment that I realized, oh, she really, really likes Austin and thought she could pull her usual stuff. Okay, shit. I actually was believing her and that she maybe didn't really like Austin and was kind of like, whatever. Okay, girl. And Naomi, Naomi goes, this is just how Madison and Austin have operated. Like they fucking go tit for tat. I'm like, yep. Yep. Olivia, you're in the big leagues of toxicity now. Buckle the fuck up. And if you want to play this game, you got to play ready. You got to ready your whole armor because he is going to attack you from every angle of your any insecurity you have. Your heart's going to be broken multiple times in this process. Okay. Right. When you think you've got him roped in, he's going to pull away. So you got to be prepared for that. It's going to be a game like this the whole time in and out, in and out, in and out, back and forth, back and forth. That's the game. Fear of commitment. People play this game until you basically wear them down. And when you finally wear them down, you're like, Oh, do I really like you? I just want to, I just wanted to get you. Cause you're not really paying attention to that now, right now. You're just paying attention to the fact that they don't want to commit because it's human nature. Cause Olivia says it herself. She's like, wow, I guess I knew it, but I'm shocked to see it play out in real life. Honey. When people show you who they are, believe them. So Whitney does a walkthrough with the event planner before dinner. And this is where I was like, is Whitney hot this episode? I just love this attention to detail. It's like, yeah, go over all the, he goes, first, we're going to need to get a little drunk. I'm like, oh, I love, yes, yes, yes. Consider it. God, poor Marcy, though. She is so pregnant and uncomfortable. She's like 21 days or something like that. And in comes Shep. It looks like maybe he might be bringing his pregnant cousin something. No, he's bringing her husband a drink. And he, when she's like, oh, I thought maybe you're bringing me something. He's like, no. The fuck would I bring you anything? Okay, so. Craig and Austin are hanging in their room and Austin talks about how Olivia bringing a date really bummed him out. At the same time, Taylor and Olivia are getting ready and they're chatting about the dog wedding. And uh, Austin's like, hey, Craig, what did you and Olivia talk about at lunch? And Craig says, well, Olivia noticed that you and Madison were talking the whole time. And Austin's like, God damn it. And Craig can't wait to compare it to Naomi pulling him aside. And Craig's like, you know, you don't get one-on-one -on -one time with me. She's like, you feel awkward around me. And I'm like, no, I don't. 
Name one time I've been awkward around you. Okay. The way you were sitting at coffee, the way you were sitting at the dog wedding in the, in like the little parlor or whatever the hell you, the sitting room at Patricia's, you know, I'm like, I'm not in love with you anymore. I'm in love with Paige. So you see, he's, this is very, very much his narrative. He's trying to do not just for cameras, because maybe it's real in his head, but very much also for cameras. You know, he's like, he loves this power. This power is awesome for Craig. In Craig's mind, he's been so victimized by bullying on this show, and it's working for most of the audience. Most of the audience does feel like he has been victimized. They kind of look over the fact that he sort of sets himself up to be made fun of because he, you know, lied about being a lawyer and lied about multiple things, but whatever. Uh, so he's, this is the narrative he's expecting to maintain. Okay. Meanwhile, over in the other cabin, Naomi, Vanita and Leva are getting ready. And Leva asks if Craig knows about Whitney and Vanita's like, what? And she goes, she's like in her confessional, Vanita's like, you are the creme de la creme. Why are you hooking up with Whitney? Is this a joke? I get it. I get it. But Whitney's also very rich. And from what I've heard, Whitney is actually the most likable off camera. He just doesn't know what the fuck to do once the cameras are on him. This is I've heard this from multiple sources that work on the show. They're like, believe it or not, Whitney's the one you would want to hang out with the most. Like Whitney's your favorite because he's the most normal and kind and down to earth. And the whole like Norman Bates guy that doesn't do anything, just lives with his mom is not true. He actually develops shows and has a career, but they can't talk about a lot of stuff for a lot of these guys, by the way, a lot of not guys for a lot of them, because the show is very specific about what they want to talk about to stay on brand on the Southern charm brand. So they limit what we see of the cast in terms of what they do for a living or what they well not for a living, but what they do outside of the show. So Whitney was like really butthurt about his first season edit and how he was portrayed. So he they think he's just like awkward when the cameras go up because he doesn't really know, like he doesn't want to be portrayed wrong or something. Okay, so that's my disclaimer. Anyway, so back in the cabin, Naomi's like, I like I would never do anything with Shepard Austin because that is legit. Like those are the best of friends. Um, and she, but she goes, but I'm like, I'm not saying it. I'm, it's not weird because like it is weird. Um, but she's not going to deny that it happened. And Leva goes, like, I'm not trying to give you anxiety, but he just gets kind of mean. Like he just, he has big feelings, like a big baby. (laughs) To be fair, they all kind of do like all of them. Shep, Austin, Craig, all of them. That's what makes them good TV. And so back with Austin and Craig, Austin's like, so you don't care like who Naomi's looking up with. And Craig, who Naomi? No, no. 
Austin. Okay, Austin's not good at because you know he didn't want to tell him this. You know he didn't want to tell him this. He's like, okay, so she made out with Whitney. <laughs> he panics. Craig, nuh-uh. What do you mean they made out? What did, what did Whitney get drunk and tell you? Austin's like, I abort. Abort. He's like, let other people discuss it. Let other people discuss it. And Craig pulls this card. This is such a juvenile card. Austin, you're not being a really good friend right now. <laughs> that's such a like, that's like a middle school comeback, right? When you're trying to get a secret out of someone, you're not being a good friend. Austin's like, oh, how many times did you not tell me about like some, you know, whatever. Craig, I told you everything for two years. I told you everyone. And Austin's like two weeks later. And then Craig, that's what that's because you didn't do anything about it. OK, if you're not going to explain yourself, this is just fantastic, toxic friendship shit like. Like, I know for a fact that Craig is not this like saint of a friend that he tries to portray. I know for a fact, because remember, I know shit and I know for a fact, but he does a good job on camera of making it seem like Austin's the bad friend when honestly, Austin's the better friend to Craig. Trust me, <laughs> trust me, the shit I know. Um, but Austin doesn't ever call him out on camera because that would be betraying Craig. Um, so Austin lets Craig do this. Um, because let's face it, at the end of the day, I'm sure Craig still holds on to some secrets for Austin. Like ne none of them can fully expose secrets because once you start that going, <laughs> it would be doomsday for everybody. And so Austin finally is like, who do you think told me? I heard it straight from the horse's mouth. And Craig says, what the fuck? God, that stinks to go from me to Whitney. That's just not that fun. And Whitney had been coincidentally walking in and he's like, wow, guys, like I've been listening to you for a while. Like, seriously. And Craig says, so what's going on with you, Naomi rumor? So you're is you're hooking up. And Whitney says, it's not a lie. And Craig, Craig can't contain himself because, mind you, this is on camera and I, this is going against his narrative. The narrative was supposed to be. Naomi's still in love with me, but I'm in love with Paige and I'm not in love with Naomi. But now this hookup happened and uh, -uh that this isn't supposed to be the way it goes. So Craig has now stood up and he's like, but Austin's like, OK, relax, relax, relax. And Craig's like, I'm just going to take a shower. And Austin's like, oh, so you're going to run away. And Whitney says, who gives a shit? And Craig says, it's my ex-girlfriend. Okay. And Whitney then says, "It's there's a reason. It's not just random. And then, but you know what? It's none of, and he's, Craig is now like walked towards the room. So he's saying it to Austin. He's like, you know, it's none of his fucking business. We don't need to explain ourselves in any capacity. And Craig, fuck you, Whitney. And Craig goes off. So, I know, I know, I get it. Like Craig has done an excellent job of, you know, he pulled the bro code card. I get it. That, that is seemingly fair. Like how could Whitney, but I've never really felt that Whitney and Craig are that close to begin with, but also again, the, 
Naomi's been friends with these people forever. So it is just kind of like in a group of friends. Two people hooked up. After a lot of alcohol. So. I. Some some people are saying that it looks like Craig is still into Naomi. I don't necessarily I think he really is into Paige. I really do. I think he's more upset that he's not getting the storyline he wanted, which is Naomi's pining over him while he is so happy with Paige. That's more the vibe I'm getting. Because Craig is a very good reality star and knows how to produce. And he's like, this is not what I wanted. This is the vibe I'm getting. Okay, so Shep is grabbing his cocktail before dinner and Whitney lets him know what happened. And Craig and Austin come up and it really seems like Whitney gives like a sincere apology. He's like, I'm really, really sorry for I did not mean to walk in on what seemed like an intimate conversation. I was just like, I heard my name and. And Craig says, I think it's weird, her obsession with you, but whatever. And I'm sorry, this is where Craig says it's bro code. And Shep says, you know, like he's like, it's not personal. It's not. And Craig says, I was just disappointed with her. Well, that. That changes things, if you ask me. That's a little weird. Disappointed with her. Why? She can do whatever she wants, right? You've got to know that she's going to. You know, if it was Shep or Austin, again, it that that's very different. So Olivia and Taylor, they now arrive and Whitney offers a proper drink and a proper glass because she's drinking out of like whatever was in the room and tries to get Austin <laughs> to do it for her. But he's such a little dumb punk and won't do it. And Whitney is just hot being a good host. I think that's what it is. Just being a gentleman and being an adult. I'm like, OK, I, I accept that I could find Whitney attractive if I like slightly turn my head. I've also become more attracted to like less like man, like just like straight guys, like uh, like a little bit more of an ambiguous, ambiguous, <laughs> ambiguous. Okay, so now Naomi walks up with Leva and Craig's confessional. Now, my this is editing when they put in a confessional, like, but this is the confessional. It is. There's no one in the world who, if you went back a year ago and said Naomi and Whitney would get together, would believe you. But yet here we are. I take that to mean like I didn't see this one fucking coming. And I'm and I was really trying to control this narrative and I was really trying to prepare for everything I possibly could to make sure I got this narrative. But damn it. Fuck. Didn't see this coming. Did not see this one coming. Whitney and Naomi have a funny greeting about her outfit and I'm uncomfortable. Um, but Shep, Shep is like trying to sell Craig on the whole thing. He's like, you know, it's human attractions, a funny thing. And, but then remember in the beginning of the season, Shep and Austin pull Craig aside because they truly have not seen Craig. Craig has been MIA from, his friends in 
Charleston. And I get why I totally fully understand why the 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 majority of the audience is like I don't blame Craig for not wanting to hang out with Shep and Austin or Shep mainly. You know, because they throw him under the bus and they bully him and and all that stuff. Um but Craig also did a lot of lying and I think that that's easier to like ignore. You know, because let's face it, if you have a friend who's lied to you a bunch of times, there's going to be some trust broken and it's going to be a little like you're like you look at them sideways. But we we look over that part because when the we love underdogs, we love supporting underdogs. And Shep was the trust fund kid and Craig had to work harder, even though, by the way, Craig didn't work hard ever. Like we watch him not working hard season after season. Uh, he got lucky with sewing down south because two business partners came in and helped him um, make it an actual business. Because if we remember when it was just him, he couldn't get one design done for Patricia when she gave him an opportunity. And when he worked at that law firm, the boss had to say, like, we need you to come in. And he's like, I don't think I need to. And he's like, yes, you do you need to come in. And so it. It's not like they had no reason to treat Craig ne- negatively, but Craig acts like they had no reason. Craig looks over his own behavior and just focuses on what they did. And so he perpetuates the narrative that he was this like innocent little victim of their bullying. Um, and it probably due to the frustration of him denying his own behavior, then they become bullies because they don't have enough emotional maturity and control over their communication skills to explain it this way. Okay. So Shep says, so what's going on? You happy? And Craig says, I needed to remove myself from everything and I needed to find another path. And Shep, I, I know others will disagree, but Shep says, can I present another theory? And you can tell me to shut the fuck up. I think a part of you likes being around people who don't know the Craig from eight years ago. And there's a part of you that resents the fact that we know you at your lowest. I think that's spot on because I actually kind of know how that feels like I I sort of like have gone through a lot of my life that way. Cause I struggled with like identity crises throughout my whole life. So like certain jobs, I would just be a mess at those jobs. And when I'd leave them and leave that group of friends, it was kind of like, I'd go into witness protection and be like, I don't need to see them ever again. Um, and that's sort of in the same vein. And when I do bump into those people, I'm like, Oh my God, they didn't, I don't, they, they knew a different person. So I can kind of relate. And then it, there's nothing wrong with admitting that, you know, like there's nothing wrong with Craig saying a little bit, a little bit. There's a little bit of embarrassment, you know, but Craig could never. So Whitney walks up and says, you've actually become more of an asshole. <laughs> and Craig, and this, this also isn't wrong. Craig says, you aren't always the best for me. Your behavior wasn't nice. You were terrible to me. And Shep, what about the good times? Craig, 
you went against all my entrepreneurship. And then Shep, against, are you crazy? Craig, my progression in life, Shep, happened in spite of me. That's amazing. Craig, no, came from moving away from you. Now, now that's a little ridiculous. So Craig is just completely blaming his physical surroundings and physical people. Well, well, yes, I can absolutely say that if, you know, you're in a situation where you're like your friends, your only friends are the people that you like do drugs with and you need to like get out and go to rehab and change locations. Fine. But that's not the case. Okay. And and so Shep's confessional says that his anger is about Naomi and Whitney. So he's lashing out. Snap out of it, asshole. Sure. Um, and Craig's like all the stuff about my pillows and my sewing. And, she, and Naomi goes, no, 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 that was me. <laughs> and okay, this is just like this is true. Shep says you needed acceptance from me for years and that's your problem. This is fucking true, you guys. You had a chip on your shoulders about Charleston and status and this and that, and you know what I'm talking about. This is true. I know some people are going to say it's not, but it is true. But Shep also like shouldn't say that because it's going to look bad on him. And Shep actually did say that about Craig seasons ago. I think I even posted a clip of it. Shep said like he came into Charleston, he starts doing the popped collar and he starts acting like a certain way. And Craig did. Craig wanted to be that guy. Very much so. And that's a shame because instead of just being who he was, he did. If you like, because I just recently did a rewatch, so it's all very fresh. I can see the scene and Craig did feel inferior and he did like he would when he this when he was at the law firm and he didn't want to go into work. And Shep at one point is like, you can't afford to not work like Whitney and I are lucky because we have mailbox money coming in. We don't need to work so we can do this, but you can't. It would drive Craig crazy that he couldn't be that guy. And so it is true, unfortunately, that Craig, but we love the underdog. So when Shep says this, it just sort of fuels the love for Craig. Unfortunately, it does. It, it doesn't do what Shep thinks it's doing. You know what I mean? And so then Leva chimes in, Shep, you like to poke people, but it doesn't land with him. Not the move, Leva, because now Shep is going, Shep doesn't do this. Shep doesn't do this at all. But you know what Shep could do? Shep could, if he wanted to win this in terms of like, for the sake of debate and beat Craig at his own game. Imagine this. Like, imagine Shep went, you know what? You're right. And Craig this doesn't land with you. And I never, ever meant to put down your sewing. But you know what? Some of the lies that you told 
in your quest to get to where you are now hurt me and they made me not trust you. And I feel like you've never acknowledged those things, even to this day. And I would wonder if maybe you could acknowledge those at some point and do that in front of everybody and see what he says. Oh, boom. Because instead, what happens is this. Shep goes, this is not a fucking kumbaya. This is not how I have any relationships in my life. And now he's yelling at a woman. And now Naomi's like, Shep, relax. And Taylor's like, Shep, stop. And now Shep is in full. Now, now we get full. <laughs> now we get full performance, Shep. And Shep's like, he's like, oh, hey, buddy, are y'all okay? <laughs> Shit. We've lost him. And so Naomi now is trying to make sense of it. And she's like, well, isn't that better than what y'all are doing right now? Which is you are not listening to him whatsoever. Now, Craig is in. Look at him. See, Craig wins. Craig gets up and says he's clearly got something going on. Damn it. Leva, he just wants validation. Shep, this is all in his head. (laughs) And Whitney says, Craig, we've been fucking with you. And Shep, yeah, we didn't realize how sensitive he was. And Leva, like an idiot. She goes, did you hear what Shep said? And Craig's like, that's a dig. It is a dig. You, It's a dig. You think Shep was sincerely meaning we didn't realize how sensitive Craig was. You think he meant that in like, a, oh, no, we really mean. No, he meant it as a dig. And Leva's like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> Leva. <laughs> and Whitney, you can't play the victim. You're not a fucking victim. And Craig, they're doing anything they can to justify their behavior. And Whitney, this line is perfect. We're not justifying our behavior. We're fucking with you because we can't help it. <laughs> it's it. This is their downfall because now Craig yet again looks. But then Craig just sounds. Here we go. Sounds like a lot of jealousy and deflection. <laughs> what? And Shep. Jealousy? Not you, Craig. Jealous. That I mean. And he does this like thing where he literally falls back off his chair. Pure performance from Shep. Um, Yeah. So. Like, okay. I think you guys know where I stand on Craig. Um, I am like sort of team nobody in this situation. I'm just going to enjoy the dynamics. I I give up on trying to convince people that Craig is not the good guy. Because if you if if you guys think that Craig is if if you think Craig is making sense, then nothing he does will sort of change your mind. And that's a, that's what these shows are for. It's fancy trash. Um, the dynamics are quite interesting at this point. They're going to get even more interesting. But um, Craig saying sounds like a lot of jealousy and deflection is he's really good, really good. He's managed to maintain the narrative that 
uh, he is just a victim of them being jealous of his success. And I got to tell you guys, Whitney and Shep really have nothing to be jealous of with Greg. Truly nothing. Whitney is very successful, very successful, very rich, pulls in ladies left and right. Shep, yes, I could see why people think Shep is could be jealous because of the fame factor. They're both on the same show and seem to kind of want the same things. But Shep isn't. Shep truly doesn't need the same validation that Craig does. And again, I do like I have a source that's close to this whole crew and I can attest to that like from someone who's with the group uh, in real life. And Craig has wanted to be at their level, but it's not something you can. That's the hardest thing is like if you're born into money, someone who's not will never get there. That's something we can't like I'll never be that person. You just can't achieve it. And unfortunately, Craig has always wanted that, which is a weird thing to want because you can't ever get it. Um. OK, next week, though. Mm. Shep calls Taylor an idiot. And she's crying about how this like abuse is constant. And Olivia is going to confront Austin about Sierra. And uh, by the way, Austin and, and Olivia are still barely in a committed thing. Like they're still like, I think there was something recently that came out that was like, they are now finally committed or something like that. I think the headline was very vague. Um, And that's a long time to still be like, we're figuring it out. Austin is just that noncommittal. But then he gets upset when. Hmm. There we go. All right, guys, that wraps up Southern charm for this week. Please tune in next time. Like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, and have a good one. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to support me, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash she speaks bravo and buy me a coffee or two or five. Also, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, She Speaks Bravo with Emily Hanks. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. Thank you guys. I'll see you on Instagram or TikTok at She Speaks Bravo. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.